podcast where we're talking about all things Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brad. And we are back, and we have a very fun episode this week. We are telling you some secrets and things you may not know about the Walt Disney World Resort. But before we get into that, you know the drill. Brett, what's going on? Doing well. Um, life is good. Finally feeling settled in the new place. I think we're feeling pretty comfortable. Um, Work's going well, and get to see you this weekend. Very excited for that. So all in all, nothing to cry home about at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, too. He kind of alluded to it, but this weekend we're going to hang out for a little bit because it's your boy's your birthday. birthday. And to be very honest with you, somebody asked me at work today how old I'm turning, and I didn't know. I forgot. And I'm way too young to be forgetting, so am I a little worried? Yes. But I had to Google it. and Amnesia already? 26. <laughs> 26. <laughs> very, yeah, amnesia already. Yeah, also, very how cool. you doing? Hi. Early. Early onset. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm turning 26 this weekend. Looking forward to it. We're going to hang out with some friends and get to enjoy the city a little bit. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, looking forward to it, um, but I'm also looking forward to this episode. As always, um, we love coming together to talk, and we found this article that essentially is like 30 things that Disney doesn't want you to know. Um, we found it, and we read through it, and we found it pretty interesting. So this is a, an episode where we both know the same topic, which is not very common on this uh, this mm -hmm. channel, but... We both know everything here, but we're just going to pick and choose some of the, the most interesting ones that we think um, that are worth talking about. And some are facts, some are theories, some are just like general statements. And we're just from there, we're going to kind of turn it into a little dose of everything, kind of pick our brains, see how we feel uh, about them. Yep. So things that may be informative to some and other ones you may already know, but we thought it might be good just to share it with the audience, see if... You may pick up on something that you hadn't heard before or that is thought-provoking. So that's the goal. Yes. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it yeah. with one that yeah, I found. I feel like I knew this one, but I also didn't know. So to find like, like confirmation of it is kind of interesting. Um, is that they pipe in like fake screams into the park um, around some of like the bigger thrill rides. Um, most notably Tower of Terror is one that they often pump in screams from. And if you listen to that same screaming sound every once in a while, you start to kind of hear the same scream pattern. Um, mm. and it's weird because I always heard the screams like walking up and down Sunset Boulevard or waiting in line for Tower of Terror. I mean, for a rock and roller coaster, but I never put like two and two together that it could be fake. I was always like, wow, like they're, they are screaming. Like yeah. it is a scary ride. Like. I, I don't scream, but, like, we hear some screams, like, in the ride vehicle. So I'm like, oh, maybe that is, like, the actual scream. Um, but to hear that it's piped in is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, that's super, super interesting. And that's really a tactic, I guess, that they use to make it sound either more enticing or more scary, depending on how you look at it. So people may hear that and think, you know, oh, I, I want to ride that. I want to go on that. And then other ones might be like, oh, do you hear that screaming? You know, let's stay away yeah. from that. But it's super yeah. interesting that it's fake. Yeah, and this in this article, Tower of Terror is the only one that we can like hear or that they mention, but I, I don't know any other rides that they might throw in a scream like exteriorly for us to hear um, 
But the most interesting part of this one that I thought, and I, and again, never put it together, is that they turn it off at night. I never thought about this at all. And then when I read that, I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. So this says that they turn it off at night um, to not disturb the nighttime shows going on. And that makes total sense because Fantasmic is right there. Mm-hmm. And they're doing stuff on the Chinese theater too. Um, but I never processed to me that at six, at seven o'clock when the sun goes down, nobody's scared of that ride anymore. <laughs> yeah, like the ride is still running, obviously, but it it never clicked that all of a sudden I stopped hearing the audible screams. So yeah, next yeah. time you're at the park and visiting, take note of those screams that are almost a little bit too perfect and a little bit too like of a shriek. And then notice if you hear it when the sun goes down. Yeah, and like, would you even hear an actual scream from the tower, being how high up it is? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's something that I've never thought about, but I do not. Very know. interesting. Because I know when I'm more on it, people do yell, but I don't yeah. know if it's loud enough to really hear from outside of rocking or something. Yes, I agree. But that is a great, great one. I will go with the next one here. This one is all about not screams, but scents, as in with your nose around Walt Disney World. Now, many of you may know this, especially if you frequent the parks, but those who don't frequent the parks, you may realize that when you're walking down the streets or by these restaurants all over Walt Disney World, they smell unbelievable. And the food yes. that they're cooking or whatever you're walking by, you're like, wow, everything smells fantastic. And that is not random. That is all controlled and all fake, mostly fake. They pump scents out of hollowed rocks in the ground, and they pump it out towards the, uh, you know, the traffic of the people. And they try to entice you to come in and eat. And that is as big of an illusion as you'll get at Walt Disney World because it truly does smell outrageously good when you're walking by somewhere, and especially like a bakery or something. Mm. And then yeah. now you'll know, hey, my brain is tricking me because this is fake. Yeah, and you really do smell them. Like ice cream parlors are very good with it, like a fresh like yeah. cone almost. I don't even know if that makes sense. Like the biggest of the confectionery bakeries – um, and they all smell and it, 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 like you said, it smells delicious and it just draws you in because let me tell you, when we were just down there. We spent like 40 bucks in the confectionery. <laughs> yeah. Would you like, have, well, that was easy. It wasn't being pumped. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I think you said like some of it probably is real. Like, yeah, I mean, it's got to be some of it the things is have, yeah, like fresh scents to it. Yeah. But as strong as they're pumping out, no way. So yeah, that's, that's like being baked is. on the street. Yeah, it's like is... almost meant to get your attention as you're walking by, and it really does. Yeah, it works. I never knew it was in Hollow Rocks, though. That is cool to hear. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, it's just like, ground. yeah, who thinks of that? Like, what person was like, let's put it in a rock? <laughs> and they're like, all right. Like, okay. That works for us. Um, this is not about any of our scents happening. Actually, it is. I will change up the facts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share. This one is about our sight, um, but not what we're actually seeing, but protecting us from the UV lights 
in the sky, ah. and that is with sunglasses. Um, according to this, there are 1.65 million sunglasses have been lost in Disney World in its like entirety. Million. Million. Like that's almost oh. two million sunglasses, just sunglasses. Right. That have been lost. That's got to that, be on rides. That's got to be left at dining tables. That's got to be everywhere. In the rental strollers. Gotta yeah, be everywhere, just right? everywhere. And that has to be also from like cheap pairs, like Dollar Tree, just to grab to like Ray Bans and yeah. Oakleys and like high end glasses that you brought onto this trip. And <laughs> there they go into Splash Mountain, never to be seen again. Yeah. I could not imagine. Wow. Do you think – what do you think is the average time that Disney will hold on to glasses and wait for you to come retrieve them? Do you think that there's like a specific limit that like, hey, if you don't you know, ask for these back within two weeks, they I do something? Think, I think every item is held for 30 days, and here's why. Okay. Because when we were in Epcot, Autumn lost her license. Oof. When we were drinking around the world at one of the countries in between Canada and France, and you know that's like a four-country span, we got carded in France. We didn't get carded in UK. We didn't get carded in um, the other one. Forget what it is. But we got carded. What? (laughs) said failed mystery shopper yeah but we got carded in canada and when we went to go grab our card only my license was in our fanny pack so we were like oh boy we don't know where this is so we had to go to guest services and fill out a whole like lost item claim and i think if i recall correctly on the form which is actually it's a website um it's like all items will be held for 30 days unless contacted otherwise and then they called us the next day and like we found it oh, so nice. yeah it was actually well, really I mean, cool you got home, so yeah you had to have found it but i don't think yeah we and we drove but that's exciting um <laughs> yeah so i think i would say i don't know if that's just license and credit cards that they called for like 30 days being a little more important honestly sunglasses two, two weeks done yeah i mean two weeks for sunglasses for sure if you don't claim them yeah. in two weeks you're beat yeah, but I'm sure like, they give you time to like get home and then realize like crap, I think I lost something there. Yeah, and then fill out your claim and then let them do their thing. So, yeah, it was really interesting though to like kind of go through that process. Not that that's like a, it wasn't a good process to go through, but it's like in the event that we needed again, we know what to do. Yeah, it's kind of so. like really relevant for this topic. So that's kind of cool that you had some background knowledge of it. Yes. But yeah, 1.6 million sunglasses have been lost, and then just Disney World, I think. Yeah. So, wow. That's yeah, a it's lot wild. Of I wonder if they have like a recycling program or like some sort of, I don't know, like way to like burn them down into like either burn them down or like re re give them back or give them to like a some sort of thrift store or some some like secondhand place. I'm sure they do. I feel like nothing goes to waste. I feel like nothing is not thought about. Yeah. I mean, but then I, is that also like too Disney, much work? They think about everything. Yeah. Good point. I don't know. That's a really interesting thought. I never even, that didn't even cross my mind. That's a really. Yeah. Like, cool what do you idea. do with 1.6 million sunglasses? 
Can't keep them. Yeah, it's probably. Not, I'm gonna guess it's not in a storage unit. Yeah, <laughs> in some vault. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm up next, and mine is also a little bit about sight, but it's about the things that you don't see, and this is because every single night there's a team that is dedicated to going around and doing touch-ups around things around the park. And so this is why you very rarely will see handrails damaged or walls chipped or paint scratched off and this and that. Because you think about how many people are walking through the parks every day, going through these long queues, standing there for hours at a time. You have young kids, you have rebellious teens, you have drunk adults, you have people who are going to potentially damage the surroundings or chip away the paint if they're bored for an hour in, in line or scratch something with their key or trying to be funny, yeah. you know, you know, Brett plus Ryan Hart type of thing. <laughs> but there's a team dedicated at Disney that goes around every single night and walks the park looking at every nook and cranny to do touch-ups, which is crazy. And I can't imagine how long that takes, but that's why whenever you go to a park, pretty much just as you saw it the last time and pretty much stage ready right for the next day because every night they go in they make their touch-ups they fix things and they make it look brand new every single day so that is quite quite amazing and that's again something that you probably never think of even as a frequent visitor you're like you know you just kind of go and expect the same experience every time or Mm. a good experience and then you don't think about the fact that you know Somebody could have damaged the handrail yesterday with their key, and right. somebody's got to bring in some green paint and touch it up again overnight. So yeah, I, how do they? That that whole concept is just fascinating to me. Like, do they have every shade of paint that is in that park, like on standby? <laughs> yeah. Like, like how, how do they quickly fix everything? Yeah, not that everything like, gets absolutely tarnished, like a high school party. Right. With their- parents not home. No, it's not like that but yes do they have the specific paint that's in the queue of monsters inc like ready and on hand i don't know yeah i don't know either and i think it's it's wild and do they walk every single queue or do they leave some things up to like being reported to them you know what i mean like are they out there just doing exterior touch-ups yeah like that whole it, it is fascinating and i i feel like they kind of covered some of it um remember that the show on disney plus um God, what was it called like where they do like eight minute snippets of like people's jobs at disney oh yeah a day at disney oh literally call it a day at disney okay brett sucks um <laughs> no i feel like some of the people they interviewed were like people who are like working like after hours doing like touch-ups and stuff or the one guy was like a scuba diver who like checks all like the aquatic stuff like who like what what are you yeah. gonna apply for? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how do you fall into that career path? Yeah, so, so the fact that there is a whole other team of cast members that work in a day and at night is just fascinating, but also genius for them. Yeah. Like, it's so smart. I wonder if, and maybe if a cast member who listens to the show, you know, has experience here and, and wants to message us on Instagram, you can. But I wonder if at the end of the shifts the cast members for each attraction have to do like a quick little closing walkthrough. Mm. And I'm sure that they do to some extent, right? Like you got to wrap it up and 
clean up the area, but I wonder if they do one for an inspection purpose of any damage or anything that they can then write a quick report or put in a work order for the nighttime team to come in and, and touch up. I wonder right. if it's like something like that, like a self-reporting from an employee standpoint. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, and these employees work very hard, um, both day and night, which leads me to my next fact here. Um, and I didn't know this existed until this article, but there is something called Mickey's Retreat, which is a cast member only, um, I guess like recreational area. It doesn't really say where it's located, but it says that there's like basketball courts, baseball courts, there's pedal boats, there's um, just like hidden areas that they can kind of explore. And it sounds like it's basically just like an area for cast members to like decompress and like take their family or just uh, do something fun. And Interesting. I think it's a really neat thing. Um, and I don't know where it's at, like I said, but I didn't know it existed either, that there was something like that for them. And I think it's, it's, it's cool that there is. Yeah, I had no clue either. I wonder if that's on property of like a park or if it's closer to where they live residentially and Disney like, you know, gives them the housing and that provides them this lounge or this outdoor space. Also, right. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Another very cool yeah, one is that they use something what they call uh, as sensory tickles. And this is what you notice when you go to different parts of the parks. And they do this by changing either the surface that you're walking on, meaning you might go from flat asphalt to brick, or you might go from stone to brick, or brick back to brown, you know, hardened asphalt or whatever. And the, the point is, or the curbs may change, or the, the garden, you know, the floral may change in mm -hmm. an instant, right? There's no, like, gradient. There's no gradual change. It's meant to be butted up and instantly change. And that's meant to get your attention. And that's what they're calling these sensory tickles so that when you notice that you walk from one land to the next or one area in Epcot to the next, you will look around and notice that you are in a different spot because all of a sudden as you're walking, you'll be like, wait a minute, I was just walking on brick. Why am I on stone now? Where am I? Right? And of course, right. you don't think like that <laughs> slowly, but subconsciously, you're going to be like, oh, like so something's changed. Let me look around. And that's what they want. And that's the point. And so, yes, each area is individually not only decorated to the theme, but the, the actual structure of the environment changes a little bit to try to get your attention which is very cool it is it is really cool um and it, it goes to as small as like animal kingdom to pandora same park but like as you walk like one of those pathways starts to glow and it's yeah. like you don't realize that right away and then you're like wait a second like we're in a completely different area um and even with and with even with epcot i don't know how they do this but i feel like they make the countries feel so much bigger than they are Mm -hmm. like sometimes like when you're standing in the country you don't realize that there are like two other countries sandwiching you yeah sometimes, like, you like, truly you. if you really look you could like look into another country but it doesn't yes. feel like that when you're in it correct and like you could i'm sure at the right spot you could probably see through like two or three countries um but it, again it doesn't feel like that like you literally only see things that would match your country which mm -hmm. is so 
weird because if you look across the way, then obviously you're going to see other countries across the lagoon. But when you're standing in a country, that's all you see. But like how? Because like 20 feet the other way is literally another country. So, yeah. and it's same with like the lands in, in Magic Kingdom. Like when you're walking through Frontierland, like, I guess like the thing is like, you're not looking back. I guess that's the part that like, I never realized. Like when you're walking to Liberty Square, you really feel like you're walking into this area where like you see the Haunted Mansion and all these, like the tree and all these buildings that fit that like yeah. style. Like you're not looking backwards at like the hub that you just walked from. <laughs> Like you're looking forward and like being you're engulfing yourself. Yeah, and they do a great job like, with that. It's wild psychology and the mind that like we have to like literally be like, yeah, that's a facade, but I'm I love it. I'm gonna buy that. That's real. Like yeah, like I'll trick how? myself into thinking that I'm there. Yeah, wild. It's all for entertainment, and it, it works. is, and it works. <laughs> and so. it works exactly. And so speaking of facade. Or did I was that one just mine or was that yours? Ooh. That was mine. That was the sensory tickles. Sensory tickles, yes. Um, so then it's mine. Yep. And yep. mine is not about facades. Um, actually, if you think a little bit weird, it can be facades. It's about the clothing that we wear. Um, this says that if Disney did one load of laundry every day, that it would take fifty-two years. For them to get caught up with the amount of laundry that they use in a single day. Jesus. So they go through 285,000 pounds of laundry a day. That's How? just like cast member costumes? I, I don't know. I think it's cast members costumes. I'd also assume linens, towels are all included in there. Point. Um, so between all their rooms, all their cast members all the costumes clothing that can be removed and replaced. Um, yeah, you're looking at 52 years if they did one load of laundry a day. Yeah, that is a ton of laundry, and I don't know what kind of laundry mat or what kind of machine they use, but I would like that in my house because yes. we have a lot of laundry, and we always procrastinate it, and then it turns into a big pile, and it would be awesome it stays to have like a that. machine or a place that could do – how many pounds was it? 285,000. Yep, wouldn't mind that. I think I could probably come in under that. It would probably take up the size of your apartment, the machine that they're using. <laughs> it's probably like a huge generated it's machine. It's gigantic, but that's incredible. Like That's wild. And that's for a day, mm-hmm. a day's worth. Just one huh? day. One day is 52 years. How? Riddle me that one, Batman. That's a ton of laundry. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Fit us with our our last one for the episode. Here's one. Actually, let me choose a good one. I'll give you two. I'll try to be love it. The Disney Point. Now, this is something that frequent park goers are definitely familiar with, but maybe some people who don't go as often may not realize it. Mm Mm-hmm. Pointing as a human societal behavior can actually be be quite rude in other cultures. It's not necessarily in our, like, yes, it can be rude in context, but we don't get necessarily truly offended or really upset if somebody, if you're like, hey, which way is the gas station? 
and somebody says, oh, yeah, it's right down over there, and gives you, like, a one-finger point down the street. But yeah. in other cultures, that is taken as quite rude and just not yeah. a very good sign. And so Disney has came up with a way to navigate that. And to avoid that, they've done the ingenious thing of adding two fingers to the point. <laughs> so now it's not just one finger, but rather two and it's kind of they've kind of coined the term the Disney point because those who work there say that that's all that they do now whenever they're giving directions or talking to people they're always always using a two finger point and it just something about it seems more friendly i don't know i guess maybe just because we know the rule and we we know to to look for it but yeah the way that the disney cast members point and direct large crowds of people just seems softer, and I think it's because of that two finger point. Like you're not mad that they're funneling you into like a huge crowd of people <laughs> yeah. to like get to a bus. You're like, wow, I'm okay with this, and wow. I and I appreciate the two fingers. Thanks for the second finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very interesting. So if you haven't been frequently, or even if you go frequently, maybe something that you that you know you don't realize, you don't catch. So next time you're there, look at the way or ask a cast member a, a fake question like. Hey, where's the carousel when it's right behind you? And wait for them to say, <laughs> "Oh, it's right over there." And then look yeah. at their fingers and stare at their it fingers me, really closely. Count them. It gives me a like Chick Fil A vibes, where it's like they have to say like <laughs> "my pleasure." Yeah, that's a perfect analogy. And it's like people are like just like I don't know if people are doing it, but like I feel like I say thank you like three hundred times at Chick Fil A just to make them say it like a little bit more. <laughs> Sometimes um, I'm like, I'm like, come on, you don't need to say it. Like, you gave I, me Polynesian sauce. Yeah, that's it happened to me today. Actually, I went to Chick Fil A for lunch. <laughs> I got my bag. I looked in it. There wasn't ranch, and I'm that's okay because I just simply went up and asked the woman, "Hey, I'm really sorry. Can I just have two more ranch?" And she said, "Sure." And I said, "Okay, thanks so much." And I went to turn, and she said, "Yeah, my pleasure." Or didn't even say yeah. She just said, "My pleasure." <laughs> like with that <laughs> and I'm like, I know that's fake, but it yeah. sounds so nice every but time. Also like, but also, how can I break you out? Yeah, and it's also like, you made the mistake first, and you're <laughs> saying my pleasure in return to me for your mistake to <laughs> yeah, so start. You enjoyed forgetting my ranch. Is that what you're saying, Linda? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, like, hey, can I have an extra straw? Sure, thanks. My pleasure. It's like, okay. Like, it's like your batteries are going to run out soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's so funny because that is kind of how the Disney point is. It's like, all right, come on. Do I look like I'm going to be pissed off at one finger? Like, just point. Yeah, I'm like, come on. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, one more. Here we go. Yep. Do you want it or me? Um, if you have another one ready to go, go for it. I do, and I have this one. And I this is one that I forget often because I think it's easily forgettable, and I think it's really neat. So go for it. On this theme of Disney faking us out and providing illusions and doing things that we don't even realize that they're doing, there are a lot of boats at Walt Disney World on many many parts of the parks and areas and you may think that somebody is steering a boat 
and that you know things are going where they want them to go. Right. But majority of the time, except for the actual ferries, every other boat that's in a park is 100% on a track, not being individually controlled. And I think that yes. that's so cool and that's so easily forgettable because as you're on these things and they're floating away, it's such a natural float and it's such a natural way. Like you don't feel like you're in bumper cars bumping into the edges <laughs> or, or bumping into the, the track. They've done it in such a way that is so seamless that it makes it feel so natural, but they're able to then control how fast it goes and how frequently it you know docks and comes back. And, and they're able to just have this hidden track underneath the water and the water being dyed green and dark brown so that the so you can't see these tracks under the water. I mean, that is all on purpose. And that is so cool because again, it just seems like something you would notice if you start bumping into these like individual walls. Yes. And I I, I agree. And it's probably also such a a fail safe for them too. Cause just like anything, if you do something so many times, one of those times is bound to go wrong. Yeah. It's just how life is. And like, that's how unfortunately like plane crashes happen. Like we've mastered them, but out of everyone that takes off and lands every day, there's going to be one that a problem happens to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same thing in their thought process. Like no matter how many times this ferry boat goes around magic kingdom, like the one that's internal, um, yeah, the Liberty one, like yeah, that's one time, fake, by the way, that, is yeah, they, that boat is a lie. That paddle on the back doing nothing. See ya. Um, but yeah, I'm sure like one of those times it would fail to dock or like it would be off course by three feet and like bottom yeah. out, you know what I mean? So it's I'm just like such or something like some, yeah, some of the, like the captains one day, you know, overslept, super tired, came in too hot on the edge, broke a kid's yeah. leg. Or, or something. Yeah, like, it's probably bound to happen, so that's just such probably a failsafe for them, which is so smart. Um, but like you said, you don't even think about it. You wouldn't even question it. Like, if you um, didn't know this fact, you'd be like, wow, that boat's going around. Cool. Yeah, like, you don't question the water. You're like, oh, it's just dark, murky water. But it's yeah. intentional. It's to hide stuff yeah. underneath. Which is so cool. Um, and it, it's like the same. I actually don't, don't know if it's the same at all, but like, the hot air balloon that's at Disney Springs, like it's just on a yeah. line. Like it's, it's just tethered, just being tethered, which you can see, but sometimes you do forget that that's just one hundred percent controlled and connected. Yeah, so they probably do everything in their power to make sure no mistakes happen, which is so smart, um, and that's why they are fantastic at what they do. So, and that's why we love them. That's why we talk about them every week because we want to share some interesting stuff that they do well. Correct. And we talk about them once a week here on the podcast, but Ryan talks about them every single day on our Instagram at a dose of magic podcast on Instagram where he makes a post every day, whether it's about this current episode or about anything that's happening within the Walt Disney World Resort, both on our posts and in our story. So please be sure to engage with that, with this post. Um, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you don't, if you haven't told your friends about us, Tell your friends about us. Um, and other than that, we will catch you next week. Thank you guys so much.